Thank you. I'm so excited uh, for Pianke and for Karsten today. And uh, I just got word during the hugs, handshakes, and high fives that we've got another young man that wants to be baptized next week. <laughs> Praise God. He's been coming for some time now. He's in the back. He's also in a wheelchair. But how many of you know that that doesn't get in God's way? <laughs> if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me. Well, you can uh, get it ready, but just uh, get ready to go to Hebrews. I'm not going to read it right yet, but we're going to go there in just a second. I want to talk to you a little bit about this morning about change. Everybody say change. And this is what I want to, I want you to say this with me. You can keep the change. It's what every Sonic waitress longs to hear you say. How many of you have been to Sonic and ordered a soda and all you got's like a $5 bill and they come out and it's like, you know, two forty-nine, and they start counting it out and looking at you with those big sad eyes. <laughs> uh, just, just, just keep the change. You know, I know how they feel because I remember as a kid, my dad sometimes would send me to the store to get a loaf of bread. We had a, a store up from us, and he'd send me to the store with a loaf of bread. And you know, back then you could get bread for, you know, maybe a quarter a loaf or something, and he'd hand me a dollar, and I'd look at him and say, can I keep the change? And sometimes he'd say yes. He'd tell me, you, you can keep the change, and man, if he let me, if he told me I could keep the change, I was looking for like the day old stuff, so I could get it for a dime, you know. He'd never know the difference, I'm, and I get to keep the change. So we, we like change. Seasons change. How many of you have a specific season that you're partial to. Okay, on by clap alone, if I call your season, clap your response. Summer. Spring. Fall. Winter. All right. <laughs> You know, some, some seasons just get lost in the change, man. It's like, I love, look, I, my favorite time of year is Christmas. And my favorite Christmas, if, 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 when God gives me the perfect, well, every Christmas is perfect, but in my mind, my perfect Christmas is when it snows the day after Thanksgiving. And then, then it stays with us until January 1st. Well, obviously, you don't like my change. <laughs> but that's, I, I, you know, as a kid, I used to, matter of fact, we went to last year for our vacation, we went up into the Rockies uh, and went up to, what's the name of that mountain? Mountain, uh, Trail Ridge, Trail Ridge, whatever it is, up there in the Rocky Mountain National Park. We went up there, and it, look, man, this is like in September, and they just opened, Trail Ridge Pass, they just opened it up. They just opened it up. It had been closed because of snow. And this is in September. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I hope it opens. It opens up. We get up there. I've got pictures 
of snow-covered pine trees. And man, we, we found a, a, a spot on the side of the road. We whipped off, parked, jumped out, and Debbie and I both laid in the snow and started doing this. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it, it was wonderful. But we like change. This year, winter kept hanging on. And we kept waiting and waiting, and so sometimes, you know, we, we feel like, man, my change is overdue. But there's always change. There always has been change. How many of you have ever noticed fashions? In the 20s, it was the what? The flappers. How many of you remember being a flapper? I'm trying to see how old you are. <laughs> In the 50s, we, we traded flapping for bobby socks. How many of you remember bobby socks? You know, poodle skirts, all that. You know, and, and that was, man, you were styling with a poodle skirt on. You go into Walmart today with a poodle skirt on and see how many people stare at you. And, and honestly, today, what's, what's the trend today? I don't know what, exactly what they're called. I just call them slashed jeans. Right? You know what I'm talking about? How many of you know? Holy jeans. Okay. In my, in, in the, when I was growing up as a kid, if I had put those on, every time I got a hole in my jeans, my mom patched it. And I kept trying to tell her this is going to come in style someday. <laughs> but she just, you know, and, and so it changed. Fashion changed. Everybody say fashion changes. Jobs change. We, how many of you have ever had a job change? Wave your hand. How many of you were happy with your job change when it came? How many of you had a job change that you weren't so happy with? We've all experienced it, right, one way or another. But change seems to be inevitable. It just comes. But there, there are some, there's some other things that bring change I want to talk to you about, and that's time. Everybody say time. So if you would, go to picture number one for me. Once upon a time, in a land far away, there was a little boy born. He kept the look, of the, the bugged eyes and the open mouth, most, you know. But, but then years passed. Now, the next three pictures I'm going to show you, and I want to, show, I, I want to illustrate something to you. I want to show you how much change can happen in, in just simultaneously. The next three shots you're going to see, I'm 18 19 and 20. Okay, go ahead. That's the 18-year-old shot. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I used to have it going on, man. The 19-year-old shot. And so I, I, you know, I got rid of the beard, put on, I, I had hair back then. The 20-year-old shot. Oh, you want to say ah oh, again? Look at this. Ah, oh. what happened? Change. Everybody say change. So inevitably, now be honest with me. How many of you ever, how many of you have ever looked in the mirror and done this number? <laughs> Trying to figure out how to get rid of change. When I was a kid, when I, I say a kid, I was, you know, I always had this deal about, you know, I always, I, I, you know, I always had this rest on my face where, you know, my face would, 
you know, rest like that. And, and I'd have people tell me, you better be careful. You're going to get lines in your face doing that. Well, you don't think anything about that. Lines in my face? I'm never going to have lines in my face. I looked the other day and I thought, good night. <laughs> and it, it bothers women more than it does men. Is that right, ladies? Is it right? My, my nephew, I think it was Judge, wasn't it, went up to his mom, Becky, one day, and he was just a little boy, and he went up, and she, he was staring, huh? Oh, she was getting on to him about something, and he looked at her, and he said, Mom, you got an 11 in the middle of your forehead. <laughs> and all of a sudden, man, she, she, she stopped getting on to him and ran and looked in the mirror. <laughs> what? You know, she's trying to figure out where'd that 11 come from. I think, you know, mine's got up to about 119 now, but... Anyway, change, it's just inevitable. And every change, we don't, we don't like every change, do we? When our health changes, it can, it can be very troubling. How many of you have ever had a just, uh, you know, you, you seem to be as healthy as an ox, and then all of a sudden something happened, and you feel a change in your body, and you go in, and now you're trying to navigate that change? And if you're not careful, that change will dominate you, and it will try and take you over. There are changes that happen in relationship at times. Relationship between parents and children. When I turned 18, I moved away from home. And when I did, I had no idea the impact that had on my mom. She told me later when I was older, well, actually, she didn't tell me. She told Debbie. She said that, you know, when he moved, she just cried and wept. I was the youngest. And she thought I would be the last one to go, but I was the first one to go. And so change was very difficult for her. Change happens sometimes in a relationship between a boyfriend and a girlfriend, and sadly, it, it escalates to the point, you know, sometimes people end up taking their lives, teenagers taking their lives over a failed relationship, and they don't understand that the best is still yet in front of them. Sometimes we've had, amen? Sometimes we, even in marriage, when we navigate and we, we stand and we say, I do, and then, we, and then things go wrong and, you know, marriage fails and we, no, nobody likes to talk about it, but it happens. Almost 50% of the time it happens. So what do you do? You have to learn how to navigate that change because that change can become overwhelming for you. But you need to know that God is still with you, that he's there, that he hasn't left you. He hasn't. Do you understand that some, what the devil wants to make you think is that your best days are over, but your best days are ahead of you. Don't allow him to rob you of your future. Everybody say change. Now, in the midst of all this change we're talking about, it's good to know that there's still some things that never change. I said there's still some things that never change, and I'm not talking about your husband's hairstyle. <laughs> Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everybody say, he doesn't change. 
He's still God. In Malachi 3 and 6, he says, for I am the Lord and I change not. Everybody say, God doesn't change. But I want you to hang on here with me because our perception of God changes. If God was a healer in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, isn't he still a healer today? If God was able to deliver you, if he delivered Daniel from the lion's den, he delivered Peter out of jail, isn't he able to deliver you out of your circumstance, out of your dilemma, out of your depression, out of your drama? God does not change. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, you can keep the change. (laughs) I'm going to hang on to God. God does not change. The same yesterday today and forever. But what happens, and I talked about this last week, our focus gets on our situation instead of on God. So God hasn't changed, but our focus has changed. How many of you know that if I say he is God, it doesn't help him be God? If I say he's not God, it doesn't stop him from being God. He is God all by himself. Everybody say God all by himself. So my question is, is what do you want to see God do for you? What do you need God to intervene in? How many of you could use a divine intervention? Hold it up, hold it up if if you could use a divine intervention. Now, this is what I'm talking to you about because God is sovereign. God's able. I want to share with you a story that this happened the man that told this was R.W. Schambach. How many of you have ever heard of R.W. Schambach? He was, he was an evangelist. He traveled with A.A. A. Allen. And he told about being in a meeting, and this lady brought in a baby that was born with 26 diseases at birth and brought that baby in to that meeting. Doctors had told her that baby would never live to see its first birthday. That baby was born with no eyes. It just had sunken spots in in, in its head, no eyes. It had no feet. There were just clubs that were feet. Its arms and legs were twisted. Shambach said that the baby's tongue hung out of its mouth. He'd been preaching the afternoon meetings for A.A. Allen, and he did that trying to encourage faith. And this woman, he had to fill out cards. So he would find out what was wrong with people. He'd fill out cards. And then typically, the way that Brother Allen would go out, he would go out, he'd pick out the card, call the person down front, and pray for them. But he had not used any cards that whole week. He had avoided taking any cards, and he was just, and, and he, he was just operating out of a gift of knowledge and so he started saying i see someone and 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 you know that's the way it had gone all week long and at the end of the week that baby had still not been prayed for that woman came in that afternoon meeting and went up to brother shambach and said i'm down to my last twenty dollars i've spent all week here paying for hotels and and for food And my baby still hasn't been prayed for. And he said, I I don't know what to do. Brother Schambach looked at her and said, well, look, you, you come back tonight. And if he doesn't pray for your baby tonight, I'll take your baby to his trailer after service is over, and I'll make sure your baby gets prayed for. And so she came back that night, and that night when... 
Brother Allen came out on stage. He said, we're going to take up a faith, a, a, a seed faith offering. And R.W. Schambach said, I never heard him use that term before. I'd never even heard about it. And he said, what I mean by, or I'm sorry, not a seed faith. He said, just a faith offering. And he said, what I mean by that is I want you to give, and I'm not taking up an offering, so don't anybody sweat it. So he said, I, I want you to give something you can't afford because that's faith. If you can afford it, it's not faith, but if you can't afford it, that's faith. So I want you to give what you can't afford. He said he saw that that, that building had 3,000 people in it, and he saw that woman jump up and come running to the front of that altar and, and throw money down in that bucket. And he, he said, I'm the nosy type of an individual. And he said, I jumped up and leaned over that platform and looked down in that bucket to see what she gave. And he said, in the bottom of that bucket was her $20 bill. He said, I went behind the stage and started weeping and crying. And he said, I started praying, God, give me that kind of faith. That's all that lady has. She's putting everything online. That's all she's got. Give me that kind of faith. It would have been easy to put some change in, but she said, I'm, you know, you can keep the change. I'm going to trust God. And so she dropped it all in. And he said, they, you know, the service went on. And then he, Brother Allen came out. And he said, when he came out, he said, I see a large white building. And R.W. Shambach said, oh, no, here we go again. He said, he's, he's traveling someplace again. He, and he's, you know, he wanted him to go to the cars. He said, I see a, a large white building. And he said, and this building's got several floors in it. And he, he said, there's babies all over this floor. He said, it's a hospital. He said, I see 12 doctors gathered around this baby. And he said, and they're, they're giving a prognosis to the mother. And he said, there's one, two, three. He said, there's six disease. No, there's 12, 19, 21, 26 diseases that this baby was born with. He was counting it up in his head as God was showing it to him. He said, 26 diseases that this baby was born with. He said, the doctors have told you this child will not make it to its first birthday. That it's, he said, you're in this building. And he told where she came from. He said, I see you coming from the Alabama state line. He said, you're in here tonight. I want you to bring that baby up. She ran up front with that baby. He grabbed that baby, held it in its arms, and started walking back and forth. He said, church, I want everybody to pray. As he's praying, he told everybody to close their eyes. R.W. Schambach said, I wasn't about to close my eyes. He said, I'd been praying for this woman all week long. He said, I wanted to see what God was going to do. He said, I, was, he said, I had my eyes wide open. He said, people were praying. He said, he just held that baby and didn't, wasn't doing anything, just holding that baby, walking with it. And, and, and all of a sudden, he said, the first thing to have that baby's tongue was hanging out of its mouth. He said, I heard something snap like a rubber band. And he said, that tongue slung back up in that baby's mouth. He said, he said that those those dark places. He said, all of a sudden, I saw like murky pool start to form in those dark places that were sunken in in eyes. And he said, all of a sudden, then they cleared up and they became the bluest eyes you ever saw. He said, those 
arms and legs started to snap and straighten out. And he said, and then at the end of those legs, he said, I don't know if you've ever seen Silly Putty. He said, but his kids used to make stuff with Silly Putty. He said, I watched and it looked like God was using Silly Putty as he started stretching out. And he said, I watched feet form where there had been no feet. He, I'm God and I change not. We've changed. Our perception has changed. Our vision has changed. But there's a God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's ready to release his power in your life. But you got to be hungry. you got to want it. He said he took that baby, set that baby down. Said that baby had never seen his mama. His mama was standing across the other side of the stage, and that baby looked over at her, took off running across that stage. Now think about this. Not supposed to live till his first birthday. He set that child down, and it ran over to his mother. She picked that baby up, held it in her arms, and that baby looked at her and said, Mama, mama, mama. But, and look, that, that's powerful. But God wasn't done yet. You keep in mind that this preacher just picked this child up and held it. God was showing himself sovereign. He was showing that I don't have to have your hand. I have one of my own. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, when that happened, that place exploded in faith. He said there were wheelchairs that were lined up on one side of the stage, and he said almost like a drill sergeant gave the order. Every individual in those wheelchairs stood up and were able to walk. There was another side of the stage where they had stretchers laid out. Those people got up, and they left them. People that were deaf that, that, and people that had hard hearing, and you remember back then, man, this is in the 50s, those, those hearing aids were like transistor radios. They started stacking them on the stage. People that were blind had brought out, and then you had a marking on the cane that showed you were blind. He said there were canes that were piled up on that stage. He said in one instant, God healed everybody in that building. Now, my question is, has God changed? No, we know that by the authority of the Word of God. And the Word of God said that, that I mean, the Scripture says in Psalms that His Word is established forever. I mean, it's going to, in, in Psalms 119, 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, thy Word is settled in heaven. It's established but what happens is our perception of God changes. How many of you are hungry for the power of God? Just stand up with me for a second. If you're hungry for the power of God. See, you have to make a declaration for yourself. You have to decide that I want to see God move like I've never seen God move before. Once you make that, what you're doing is you're saying to God, I believe who you are. I believe that you've not lost any of your ability, 
And I believe that what you did back then, you can do right now. Amen. You can do right now. You can be seated just a second. Go ahead and sit down. I'll get you back up in a minute. You can do right now. What I'm trying to show you is this, is that God is God all by himself. There was a man, the the stories I'm telling you are verifiable. I mean, you you can Google them and search him. There was a man, he, he was in business, he, he worked for the government. I know it's warm in here, take a moment and fan your neighbor. We've got, we've got one unit that's acting squirrely, but God's still God and he may heal it before this service is over with. Amen. Hey, I've seen him do it. So all of a sudden, this guy, he's got a government job, he's got money in the bank, he's got three-fourths of his house paid for. And Nate, he did that without even going through the Dave Ramsey course. I mean, that was, you know, that was a, a, amazing. And, but he's, he's got all of his ducks in a row. How many of you have ever had all your ducks in a row and all of a sudden you found out it was duck season? <laughs> and that's, that's what happened to him. He's got all of his ducks in a row and he comes down with spinal meningitis. Now, and I really want you to get a hold of this because in, in, in this story, God tells this man something that you need to grab. He comes down with spinal meningitis. He spends all the money out of his bank account. He mortgages his house. They can't do anything for him. They brought in experts from all over, can't do anything for him. And then rheumatoid arthritis set in and the pain was so bad from the arthritis seizing his body that he went into a coma over the pain. He couldn't take it and he slipped off into a coma. He said, I could still hear what was going on around me. He said, I just couldn't respond. So you need to remember if you're praying for someone that's in a coma, that doesn't mean they can't hear you. And you ought to pray and believe God and let them know you believe God for them. I had a guy call me up. His dad was in a coma. He said, they said, my dad's going to die. He said, would you go pray for him? He's in a coma. He said, he's never given his heart to God. He said, I, you know, would you pray for him? I went in there and just acted like that guy could hear every word I said. I led him to the Lord. He never responded. I just led him to the Lord in prayer and and, and walked out of there, you know, and I, I told him, I said, if you accept right now in your heart, if, if you, ju- you don't have to verbalize it, if you'll just say in your heart right now that God, I believe you, God can save your life. He can, he can save your soul. He can turn everything around for you. I walked out, that guy never twitched. He never moved. He never did anything. I walked out of there, you know, it, the following week, I got a phone call from the buddy, and I'm thinking he's going to tell me, you know, dad's gone. He called me up and he said, my dad came out of coma, man. He's getting dismissed out of the hospital. (laughs) God is still God. This guy slipped off into a coma. He's, he's dying and he hears them talking about it. He was Catholic. So they called for a priest to come in and give him his last rites. The priest came in, you know, with his collar dressed in black, gave him his last rites, went through the ritual, gave him his last rites. And he wanted to respond to the priest and say, I understand, but he he couldn't talk. He couldn't respond. The priest walked out the door. He said, when that priest walked out the door, he said, another priest came in, but he wasn't dressed in black. He was dressed in white and he didn't use the door. He came through a wall. He said, he walked up to my bed, got down beside my ear and said, you don't have any problems. You just need faith in God. 
The man said, I thought to myself, what do you mean I don't have any problems? Don't you know that I'm dying? Don't you know that that guy just gave me my last rites? What do you mean I don't have any problems? He, he got back down to his ear again, and he said, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. I'm getting ready to heal you. He said, no, no, wait, hang on, hang on. He said, once I do, I want you to get up out of this bed and go in your bathroom and shave. He said, then I want you to go down and find the nearest bookstore, get a Bible, read the book of John and give your life to me. Amen. No, no, you, you didn't get that. You remember what, you remember what Paul said? He said, if I or an angel come preaching any other gospel. What's Jesus doing? Jesus is saying, you're going to have to find me like everyone else finds me uh, through my word. Uh, it's forever settled in heaven. Amen. He said all of a sudden, he just spoke over him and he turned around and went back out the wall. He said, man, he said, I felt something come over me. He said, I threw that sheet off of me. He said, he told me to get up and go shave. He said, I wanted to be obedient. He said, but they had me hooked up to an IV. He said, I grabbed that IV, pulled it out of my arm. He said, I got up, went into the bathroom and was in there shaving. And that's when the nurse came tippy-toeing in. She looked in the bed and he wasn't in the bed. She starts looking all around the room, sees him in the bathroom, ran in the bathroom. Come here a minute, Tristan. Ran in the bathroom, grabbed him under the arm and said, what are you doing? What are you doing in here? You need to get back in bed. You're dying. Don't you know you're dying? He looked at her and he said, cool it, honey. He said, another priest came in here and gave me my first rights to life. You understand? He said that I came that you could have life and have it more abundantly. No preacher showed up to pray for him. Nobody laid hands on him. God just showed himself sovereign. But I can tell you that after that was over, that guy was telling everybody about what had happened to him. Amen. Say it with me. You can keep the, change. keep the change. I want Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. During, uh, the sister came up and talked about getting freed from cigarettes. Lorraine came up to me. Where you at? Wave your hand at me. Loretta, not Loretta. No, uh, there's one back here. Lorraine, I said your name. Wave your name. I mean, wave your name. Shout your name. You're sitting right next to her, Terry. It's your mom. Lenora. Lenora. God lay hands on my mind right now. <laughs> Lenora came up to me during hugs, handshakes, and high fives, and she said, you know, she came in to wow yesterday, and her, her arm was, or I guess it was the shoulder that was messed up, and she was in pain with it. I met her in the parking lot. I said, let's just pray. And after, she came up to me today, and she said, you know, after you prayed for me, she said, I haven't had any more pain out of that for, you know, since that moment. He's the same. Now look, a few, what, what's it been, Carl, two years ago, three years ago, when God healed you of cancer? Two? Two years ago, he was on his way to 
Peoria, right? Going to Peoria. He came up here for prayer. And I remember telling him, I said, Carl, I just believe God's going to heal you on your way. He came up. He, he went to Peoria. When he got to Peoria, he, you were so bad that they said they had to send you to Chicago. Is that right? I'm going to send him to Chicago. They, he was so bad they were going to have to send him to Chicago. He got to Chicago and God had healed him on the way from Peoria to Chicago. Now, let me tell you something about Carl. Carl's so excited about that. He, if you ever need prayer, just ask him. He's, he's dying to lay his hands on you, man. He, why? Because he knows that he's the God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now you can stand with me. If you want the power of God to work in your life, you have to make a decision that I believe you're the same that you're God and you change not. But pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm facing. Jesus knew what that man was facing and he dropped down and whispered in his ear and told him, you don't have any problems. You just need faith in God. Faith in God. The Bible said that if you had faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, that you could say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in. See, we think that we're supposed to be mighty giants of faith and praise God. I can walk on water. No, I can't. But I can trust someone that did. <laughs> I can trust that he can do it again. And if you're willing to trust that, He's willing to show himself real on your behalf. Amen. Say it with me. I believe. I believe. Look at me just a second. Now, look, you've gone through a series of events that were devastating to you. Now, I, I don't know what your name is, but there, there, there's been a, it's, it's like walls closing in on you. And this is what God, I hear God saying to me, tell her to quit looking at the walls. You know, that, as a matter of fact, let me, let me share this with you. That reminded me I didn't finish that story. He, th this man was telling his story. The man that was healed was telling his story to a preacher. And he looked at the preacher and he said, preacher, he said, one thing I don't understand. I have, this is after God's healed him and done all that. He said, there's one thing I don't understand. He said, what's that? He said, how come he came through the wall? Why didn't he use the door? And the preacher looked at him and said, well, brother, he is the door. <laughs> What, what, what you felt like has been closing in on you, God's just going to put a door in it and you're going to walk out of it. Are you ready for that to happen? Father, I just thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Come on and thank him. Say, Pastor, what's going on? Look, the scripture said that no man can see God and live. And if God touches you and nothing happens, then God didn't touch you. Because if God touches you, something's going to happen. You may just stand and cry. You may shake, you, you may fall, you may feel like Pianchi did last week. That He said, man, I just felt it come whoosh, you know, over me. He's still God. Don't make him smaller than he is. He's still God. Amen. Amen. Say, I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he did for them he'll do for me. I believe. Father, I thank you that you're doing it for Frank right now. 
just showing yourself real on his behalf. Letting him feel you in ways he's never known you before. Touch him, God, with your healing hand. Give him strength he hasn't had. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love him with me. Can you love him? This is what I want you to do today. If you've got a situation that you're facing that you need God to get a hold of, I'm, I'm just telling you this, and, and I, I'm going to speak something to you that from this day forward, we're going to see the power of God move in this place like we've never seen it before. Amen. God and he does not change and so we're going after him everybody say I'm going after him I want you just to hold your hands up if you've got a situation that you need God to arrest for you that you need God to work for you so pastor aren't you gonna lay hands on me now, I want to show you something that the last the, the two miracles I talked to you about were miracles where just God came in. Just God came in. Nobody laid hands on those people in that auditorium. Well, God laid his hand on them. And how many of you know that God's hand is enough? And so he's going to show himself real to you in ways that you've never known. Come here a minute. She's still a little bit dizzy. How many of you know this young lady? Now look, she's, she, has, she has had the battle of her life. And when I say that, I'm not exaggerating. She's literally been in a battle for her life. And thank God for doctors and all that they do. But when the doctors get it wrong, you need to trust that God can still get it right. And that's what God has done. She's in the process of restoration. They finally got some things straightened out. Five surgeries in two, in two months. And she's ready to have a heyday. I mean, you know, she's ready for all this to be behind her. She's ready to enjoy her journey again. How many of you will stretch your hand out and say we're believing that with her right now? I believe that God's going to give you double for your trouble. With everything that you've been through, he's going to restore. He said that I'll restore what the canker worm got, what the locust and the caterpillar, and all those questions that went raging through your mind. You're going to come out of this stronger than you ever were. Father, I thank you for it now. I praise you for what you're doing in her life and through her and the word that you're planting in her. In Jesus' name, we give you praise for it. Come on, church, and give my hand thank you Jesus when it's a midnight hour can't reach anybody on the phone there's still a hotline to heaven when you've gone as far as you know to do he's still there and he's still able everybody say keep the change I want Jesus.
you don't have to worry about him changing his mind you don't have to worry about him loving you one day and not loving you he's he doesn't do that he's there he cares for you so all across this building as you take hands with each other and you're you're believing God for your life for your need for your miracle I want you to also believe God for the person whose hand you hold for their miracle would you do it father we come to you and we confess that you're God and you change not sometimes we do Lord sometimes we grow fearful sometimes we grow faint but you're forever the same and we give you praise for that we thank you for it in Jesus name now we bring our needs to you and lay them at the feet of Calvary and declare before the devil and the world that you're more than enough to meet my need God I choose to believe I give you praise for it right now I say yes Lord in Jesus name come on now give him a shout like you mean it yes Lord yes Lord you're gonna walk out of here feeling like you've got two bodyguards going with you you're walking out of here equipped by the power and the presence of God to do what he's asked you to do in Jesus name God bless you Dave right before we end service today I'm gonna to ask Noah to come up if he would Noah's been doing our youth for the past year and he's done a tremendous job with it let's give him a big hand for that he's built he, 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 he built a team and the team loved the kids and the kids love the team and and it's it, it's just been good and we're, we're thankful for all that he's done but Noah came to me this past week and he told me that he's been praying and seeking the face of God and he's come to a conclusion that or a decision rather that it's time for him to leave Christ Community Church and pursue another ministry opportunity that God has shown him now we love him here we always will but we want the best for him and we want to see him succeed amen so I'm going to ask you I'm going to ask you to stretch your hands toward him and Noah I want you to understand I'll always be here for you that I love you I appreciate you and thank you for all that you've done here church would you just stretch your hand father we just ask you to go with Noah now father in what he feels you're directing him in I ask God that you'll give him a sensitive ear to hear your spirit and to follow after you with his whole heart God I pray father that you'll show him God direction that you have for him father and that you'll let favor rest on his life and that you'll use him for your glory now God we roll back every obstacle and we just ask that you go before him in Jesus name amen make sure that you let him know you appreciate him and how much he's done for the church here and all that he's been for us god bless you and until next week may the lord cause his face to shine upon you 
and cause you to know that you're the head and not the tail. In Jesus' name, God bless you today. Right, hold it, hold it. Right before you move, right before you move, because I don't want, I don't want our young people going, oh my God, what are we going to do? Hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to be meeting with the leaders. We're excited. Noah's built a good foundation for us. We're going forward. As a matter of fact, you better buckle your seatbelt because we're getting ready to take it to the next level. Amen. God bless you all. We'll see you next week.